0: Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of sandyspiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you, sir? We are officially in the
1: Elite Eight. That we are, Kyle. I am doing well. How about yourself today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have a jam-packed episode because it is a state playoffs. The deeper we get, the more thorough we have to get, but we're going to try and touch on every single Elite Eight matchup today. Boys and girls, boys probably going to be a little bit more in-depth than the girls, of course, because I've seen more of that, but we're going to do the best we can, Ramin, and I can't do it alone without you.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Yes, when you told me that, I'm like, all right, that's an ambitious goal, but we will try to make it happen. We'll hit on every single game. But before we jump right in, we'd like to thank our Spielin' and Dealin podcast sponsors, Sportal Space.
0: Yes, Ramin, you are correct. We'd like to thank our Spiel and Dealin podcast sponsor, Sportal Space. Sportal Space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training, and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on Open Table or a hotel on Expedia. Check out Sportal Space every practice, every game.
1: And now on to the podcast. Kyle will start at seven a. Boys' side. In the top left quadrant, the Elite Eight matchup that a lot of people have been talking about for a very long time, Norcross, who beat Duluth eighty-eight to sixty-three, will be taking on McEachern, who topped Westlake eighty-seven to forty-nine in the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Both teams look phenomenal in their Sweet Sixteen games, and it looks like they're all revved up for a, a classic Elite Eight matchup. Uh, Norcross does have the size to compete with McEachern. McEachern with. Uh, Babatunde Akimbola, Jared Jones, Charles uh, Smith the fifth transferring in, uh, or six, whatever his name is, fourth uh, coming in there. Uh, all those guys, Isaac Okoro there, Brandon Suggs, who got pushed to the bench I right here, Sharif Cooper, all those guys rolling, clicking on all cylinders. But Norcross is playing extremely good basketball right now, Jesse McMillan. They are no stranger to deep postseason runs. Uh, they got the likes of Kyle Sternman who's been playing extremely well, hitting big shots. Brandon Boston, Dalvin White, an unsung hero at the guard position. Isa Muhammad has uh, g- gained his eligibility after having to sit out for the first part of the year. He brings a big presence inside. JoJo Toppin going to Georgia. So it's going to be a star-studded showdown. Um, I think guard play will end up winning this one. I think Norcross will do a nice job on the boards to try and negate McEachern. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, If I had to favor one team, I really do think it's a coin flip game. Of course, everyone's going to say McEachern, a slight favorite, but they are heading to Norcross. So I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a packed game. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see who the best team on that night
1: is. So you're not going to give us a prediction, Kyle? Uh...
0: I guess I picked McEachern to make it to the final four, but I'm not stunned one bit if Norcross does the deed and takes care of McEachern. It is hard to win a state championship in Georgia, especially in the highest classification, and especially if if you're that team with the target on your back and you're the favorite all season long. It is very difficult. We saw it last year with Tiff County beating three nationally ranked teams and topping Norcross in the championship game. So uh, McEachern, they are going to get everybody's best shot every single night.
1: We'll take it down to the lower left quadrant. Newton top Mountain View, eighty five to eighty one in the sweet sixteen. Wheeler over Etowah sixty to fifty seven. Newton versus Wheeler.
0: Yeah, I was uh I, I bounced over to the wheeler etowah game, double overtime. Uh a thrilling one. Wheeler a little fortunate to 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 pull that one out. They had to come back. I think Etowah was up about six points with four minutes left, and only three players scored for Etowah, which is not many players to score a combined 57 points with Jackson Edder, The junior wing had 33 points, one of the hottest prospects in the state of Georgia. Georgetown was in to see EJ Montgomery, but instead uh, was a little enamored with Jackson Etter and asked for his contact information. So if you're looking for a high-rising stock uh, stock riser in the 2019 class, Jackson Etter's your guy. But alas... Wheeler advances and they're playing Newton. Now, obviously, Wheeler's going to have bigger and uh, I guess you could say better size advantage inside with EJ Montgomery, McDonald's All-American. So he goes 6'10. Austin Johnson going to Tennessee State goes about six foot nine. But Dre Butler and Armani Harris, two physical posts, both around that six six range. They're going to have a, a, a handful, but uh, they're they're physical posts, so I think they'll do a good job neutralizing them. And then Ashton Hagen's is going to be the best player on the court. I like Newton in this one, just because guard play wins you championships. And uh, Wheeler's guard play has been hit or miss sometimes. You know, they got some talent. Sometimes uh, it hasn't all come to fruition. Brandon Younger. Uh, He's a guy that flashes, but sometimes also he doesn't flash as much. And I think Newton, their guard play, and they're running around, you know, spacing the floor out, getting open looks, looks Ashton Higgins creating. I think Newton might be able to run some circles around Wheeler. Not saying they're going to blow them out, but I do think the Rams will advance past Wheeler.
1: On the top right side of seven A Meadow Creek topped Lambert fifty six to forty seven to earn their bid to the final four. Campbell, a force heat, has continued their Cinderella one. They topped Woodstock seventy nine to seventy one to set up a Meadow Creek versus Campbell matchup.
0: I watched both of these teams play in their Sweet Sixteen games. Meadow Creek, all about defense, all about size inside um amari kelly going to duquesne Corey hightower going to detroit amari kelly was great blocking shots against lambert and uh lambert is a team that's predicated with the guards and they spread it out and Michigan Note had a great game but meadow creek very good very impressed with kedrick green he's a, a, a youngster a very young guard the point guard but he runs the show extremely well for meadow creek and uh, he's a, a very solid player uh, but Jameer Chaplin, he was quiet for most of that game, but he really came on strong and really helped them uh, close out Lambert. Now they're playing against Campbell, who Campbell, they're not as big as them, but they're a very balanced team. Terrell Burden, very quick guard, gets everybody involved, has some bounce to his game. Brandon Durane uh, got hurt in that Uh, D. Ravine got hurt in that uh, Woodstock game, but he came back, so we'll see his status. They're going to have to knock down some threes, and Donovan Grant is a great three-point shooter. He can really spray the ball from deep. Kaya Randolph, a physical about 6'4", 4 that goes inside and out. So that's going to be an interesting game, but I I think Meadow Creek, just with their their defense and their size inside, uh, I think they're going to be a handful for Campbell to slow down.
1: And our last Elite 8 matchup of Class 7A Grayson who topped Peachtree Ridge 75 to 68 66 will be taken on Pebblebrook who handled Roswell 69 to 44
0: Grayson is always a dangerous team come the state tournament time Jeffrey Pierce uh, always always has those guys uh, playing extremely well it's money season for them uh, they beat Peachtree Ridge like you said Pebblebrook uh, pulled away from Roswell and ended up winning uh pretty easily uh so it's gonna be a a tough game they're gonna have to slow down mervin james they're gonna have to try and slow down uh josh graham over there at pebble brook as well and you know about grant howard and dwight murray and All these guys, but Grayson, that's a team that's been in a lot of big games before. Again, I think the X factor is going to be how does Kenyon Jackson and Terrence Porter do? How do they do inside, and can they shut down the lanes, and can they block shots, and can they rebound? Because we know Nick Edwards, and we know that Travis Anderson going to college, uh, Charleston Southern, we know that they can score the ball on the perimeter um so this is going to be another good game it's going to be a game that who wants it more who is a tougher team and it's going to be interesting but uh grayson will have home court advantage and we'll see if that plays actually they're not going to have home court advantage i apologize they're a two seat they're going to have to come to cobb county pebble brook so that might be a very difficult travel for them so we'll see how it plays out but uh, i'm keying in on kenyon jackson and terrence porter see how they do inside and if they can affect pebble brook's guard play
1: those are all four games for 7A. We'll move it down to 6A. These teams will be fighting to get to the Final 4 at the University of West Georgia. Starting on the top left, Heritage Conyers who beat Bradwell Institute 83 to 73 will be traveling to North Atlanta who took care of Douglas County 91 to 79.
0: Yeah, North Atlanta, you're your region 5 guys making making some waves here. Uh, I I tried to preface it. I was I thought I was trying to tell everybody very uh very much. So in the last podcast, North Atlanta could be closer than the experts think. They had the best guard on the court with Messiah Thompson, and uh, they 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 were they were killing it. I heard Dominic Ham was knocking down three point shots, and they were very hot. And they got some some scrappy players. I know you and I saw them at Georgia Tech uh, this summer when they beat cool in a summer game they got Andrew Robinson just a lot of athletic guys that play really hard and you got the 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 maestro with the ball in Thompson uh now they're playing Heritage who we keep harping on region three not being super strong we're talking about region seven not being super strong so now they meet in the uh in the elite eight Trey Scott Jaquez Hicks a six seven shot blocker inside for Heritage Conyers um we'll see if they can slow down North Atlanta but North Atlanta has Peaked at the right time, they were playing exceptionally well. You know, you hang ninety one points up on Douglas County. Uh, if you get into a up and down game, I think that kind of favors North Atlanta, just having the best guard on the court. So we'll see. North Atlanta might be able to ride this one all the way to the final four.
1: On the bottom left of Class six A, Gainesville, who took care of Alexander, Alexander, excuse me, eighty two to fifty seven, will be taken on Lakeside Evans, who beat Richmond Hill by ten sixty eight to fifty eight.
0: Yeah, this one could be a Uh, bloodletting. I have a hard time seeing this one closer than 25 points. Gainesville is stacked up, loaded, juiced up. I mean, blown out Pope, blown out Alexander, and now you're seeing a lakeside team that is Kalen Williams and Tyshawn Briscoe shooting threes and Brad Hilly in the corner. He can get hot, but... It's just a really, 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 really bad matchup for Lakeside, but you've got to give them credit for making it to the Elite Eight. That is a slam-dunk home run win uh, for that program, considering what they lost last year with Deion Berrien. Uh, so Gainesville's just going to way too good. They're going to press. They're going to trap. They're going to get up and down. They're going to be six foot seven all over the court. Uh, this one's going to get ugly, and it's going to get ugly very quick. Uh, Gainesville is going to advance uh, very easily.
1: Over on the top right quadrant, Hughes, who beat Lanier seventy to fifty seven, will be taken on Coffee, who took care of Grovetown by four points, seventy four to seventy.
0: Yeah, Coffee only won by four points, and that kind of scares me. As you know, yeah, I don't know. Now you're seeing a, a lot better team than Grovetown and Langston Hughes. Uh, but Coffee, they do have the athletes. They do have the football players. Jace Moore had thirty seven points against Grovetown. He was a preseason first team All Stater. Dalron Donaldson, a six foot five athletic football player that could, you know, I would assume he might match up a little bit with Landers Nolly. You got Mackenzie McFadden, six foot seven athletic lefty, runs the floor. The Jefferson twins can shoot the ball; they're extremely fast. There's a lot to like, individual pieces wise, for Coffee, and they've been very good since they've got all their football players back. They might have lost only three games or so, and they've been rolling. Uh, I would have liked to see them beat Grovetown more than by just four points, but uh, they're going to be tested. Langston Hughes, they're going to have to uh, make that, that long trip up to Fairburn. That's a tough drive. Coffee's down, way down south. Langston Hughes, I mean, we all know what it starts with. Landers and Ollie, you got Josh Butts inside. You got some other quality pieces here and there. So uh, it's going to be a very tough matchup for Coffee, but – Athlete-wise, I think they're going to be able to match Langston Hughes player for player, but how are they going to handle Tyler Smith inside, Terrell Morgan uh, diversifies that attack from the outside. But I think it could be a very uh, a very close game, very interesting, at the very least, entertaining game if they can slow down Landers-Noly just a little bit.
1: Your final Elite Eight matchup for that final spot in the Final Four is... In Class 6, a Tri-Cities who took care of Decula 84-67 to will be taken on Jonesboro, the home team who took care of Brunswick 62-51. to
0: Yeah, Tri-Cities beat them, uh, Jonesboro, like 83-67, to something like that at the Peach State Classic earlier this year. So Jonesboro has been uh, jonesing uh, for a rematch, and we'll see how it all plays out. Jonesboro is going to have Jamari Smith inside, who's just a beast, to uh, to keep off the glass, just an absolute jumping jack, Jamari Mosley, uh, Miles Black help out from the perimeter, Brandon Walker as well. But Tri Cities, they beat him once already before. Eli Lawrence, I still tend to think he's going to be the best player on the floor the 6-4 lefty wing unsigned he can really fill it up uh Demarcus Johnson another guard that can get hot from deep you got to keep him on the floor I, I I like him a lot and then John Young brings another you know 6-3 score from the uh, wing position so they're just going to have to keep Jamari Smith off the glass but it's another really good game I don't see it being a double digit blowout like it was the first time these two teams met
1: Two classifications down, six to go on the guy side. We'll jump right into five A without delay. Hiram squeaked by Southwest cap by one, forty-two to forty-one, and they will be taking on Stars Mill, who took care of Wayne County, forty-seven to thirty-six in the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Yeah, and it all starts with Nathan Presnell inside. The big uh, 2019, about 6'8", averaging 15 points and close to 10 rebounds per game. He is a very quality post player, and I was very glad I got to see them beat Villarica. I'm not going to say I I personally discovered him, but I got to see him in person and can vouch for his game. Very talented player. If he wants to focus on basketball instead of football, uh, I think he could go a very long way because he is pretty athletic. He's got nice footwork, uh, and he can play above the rim. Uh, I like him. Now, outside of him, Raphael Rogers, who transferred in from Douglas County, second-leading scorer. He's a nice guard. you got the sophomore shooter, Arshard Krepsak. I thought he performed very well when I watched him play Villarica. And then Khalil Baker, uh, just a, a garbage man inside, very physical. Now, they were down 21-3, I believe it was, to Southwest Cab, and Southwest Cab just uh, the wheels fell off. They lost momentum, lost 42-41. Uh, Hiram, I mean, Stars Mill, they only beat Wayne County by 11 points. Stars Mill has been hampered by injuries this year. Nate Allison's been banged up a lot. They still got Drew Hudson, a 1,000-point score. Their leading guy, Julian Lynch, uh, another wing with some size to him. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be at, at Hiram, so Stars Mill's going to have to make that travel. Um, but the only thing is with Hiram, like I know it was a long time ago, but – if you look at the resume, there were a couple scary losses. It was way, way, way back when, but second game of the year, they lost fifty six to fifty five to five win River Ridge, who lost to Osborne, who only won one game this year. So, I mean, that was that was a long time ago. I, they probably didn't have their football players, probably didn't have Presnell possibly, but it does give you you know a little bit of pause to say, hey. They're winning games. They're playing extremely well right now. But if we can somehow convert them to how they were at the beginning of the season, uh, they could be primed to get knocked off. And Stars Mill is Stars Mill absolutely rolling right now. They haven't lost a game in a long, long time. So that'll be an interesting one to see how they do. I think Allison's health is going to be very crucial to uh, slowing down President Presnell side.
1: Miller's Grove upset Buford seventy nine to seventy five, and they've earned their spot in the Elite Eight. And they'll be taking on Dutchtown, who beat Statesboro seventy five to seventy three.
0: Okay, so now now we know. I'm sorry, I'm late to the party. Now we know why Dutchtown's doing so well. They got a six foot seven transfer in for the second semester, Dontavious King. He's averaging eighteen points and seven rebounds per game. So that is what put. Dutchtown over the top. That's why they have a 16 and 14 record only, and I'm sure their record is a uh, much more above 500 with King in the lineup. So I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but now that makes sense. The 2019 six seven transferring in from South Carolina, he has made a big, big, big impact, big difference. And now you compare him with that sophomore Cam Bryant, who's about six foot six. You got some size inside. Uh, people are pretty high from on Dutchtown in that Region 4. They are the one seed. Miller Grove, you just got to hope they didn't – I mean, this is a proud program. They're not going to ride the wave and go crazy and think, oh, we won the state championship. We beat we beat Buford. I don't think they're just going to come out flat and act like they won the, the championship already. I think they'll come out focused. They do have Kevin Page inside. They do have Jermon Clark that can neutralize uh, Bryant and King around the rim and Maurice Harvey, Lorenzo Anderson. They have been playing extremely well down the stretch, so – Miller Grove, it's not going to be easy, but it is, uh, you know, they're traveling to Dutchtown, but Miller Grove, they do have that pedigree that did just beat Buford. Dutchtown's going to be ready for them, but I think Miller Grove is going to be able to eke this one out.
1: The next teams that will be fighting for their spot to travel down south to Fort Valley State in the final four is going to be Lithonia taking on Warner Robins. Lithonia, they took care of Flower Branch 51-39, to 39. and Warner's Robin, they were one point shy of 100. They beat Eagles landing 99-82. to
0: 82. Yeah, Warner Robins really uh, stuck to Eagles landing big time. Uh I think the talents just starting to you know, they, they they know what time it is. Jacoby Owens, Nelson Phillips going to Georgia State and this is their last run in the um, the state playoffs and they don't want to see it end uh like it did last year when they got beat by about twenty by Buford. Buford's out. Uh Warner Robbins probably shifts into that. Possibly a favorite mode to win state, but they're gonna have to get through Lithonia, who beat Flowery Branch in overtime. Zivin Alexander, Bryson Rockcliffe, Justin Miles, six foot seven, shot blocker inside. You're gonna have to deal with him, lean and mean. Um, but Warner Robbins, with uh, just, they're gonna have the two best players on the court, and I think it's gonna be tough. Lithonia plays good defense, but I think those two seniors, Owens and Phillips, I just can't see them getting denied a shot at the Final Four.
1: And your final Elite Eight matchup for class five is gonna be Clark Central, who took care of Maynard Jackson fifty eight to fifty five. They will be the home team. Stockbridge will travel to them having just beaten New Hampstead eighty to seventy-four.
0: Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit in the podcast about you know, Maynard Jackson was celebrating, tweeting stuff at me like they won the championship, but it's a state title that counts, not proving me wrong in the first round. But Clark Central's a very good team. Uh, A lot of seniors, they got guys like Quamante Monfort, big fella inside. Martavius Darden's a shooter outside. Dwan Smith, a lot of guys that can really fill it up, and they play as a team, which is very important. So Clark Central, they've seen the likes of Buford. They played him close all season long, and they get a nice win over Maynard Jackson. So they have some momentum right now. But Stockbridge, boy, Stockbridge, just looking at their roster they are big Cavante Ivory six foot six going to Georgia State he's 17 and nine a game Elijah Ostell, he's about 6'6 you got Ocean Scott who's averaging close to 11 rebounds per game he's a physical six foot five center so there's just a lot of size and talent and I mean Terrence Jackson transferred over from Ola in the offseason he's provided a nice little scoring lift as well uh I mean Stockbridge. That's a very imposing region that they came out of. That region for us, a lot of big boys, and that that Henry and Clayton and all that area right there. And they're they're gonna they're gonna have to play well. I mean New Hampshire. They were up on New Hampshire for the majority of the game. I think they cut it close uh, down the stretch. New Hamp New Hampstead did, but uh, Stockbridge. That's gonna be a really good game against Clark Central. Very good game. And I, again, I tend to favor the team with the best player on the court, and that would be Kevontae Ivory of Stockbridge.
1: Taking it down to class four A Cal. Top left quadrant will start there as always. Cartersville, they beat Blessed Trinity by two, fifty eight to fifty six in the sweet sixteen. Baldwin, they beat America Sumter by three, sixty to fifty seven. Cartersville, Baldwin, they will be meeting up in the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, you know, Cartersville. Again, we talked about it. they don't match up very well against teams like Blessed Trinity. They don't do well in metro Atlanta. They don't do well against those teams that like to play, slow, you know, play slow, play good defense, but they were able to pull it out. Now they're seeing Baldwin, who is another very well coached team. Um, that's, a, that's a long travel, though. That's a long travel that's going across the state to, to Milledgeville. And Buck Harris is going to have some stuff up their sleeve. they got the Region 3 Player of the Year, Rodney Walker. But two guys I like the most, Brendan Robertson is about a 6'2 guard that plays with extreme energy, can hit the glass, attacks uh, attacks a hoop. Donta Justice, a a big-time athlete as well. So that's going to be fun to see them uh, going up against Jalen Pugh and TJ Horton uh I, it's going to be a good one teres hicks is a guy that is a winning point guard who will take charges and do the little things for baldwin and way before the season even started i think baldwin was one of our final four uh sleeper team picks uh i like baldwin to get past cartersville isaac gridley's gonna have to play well for cartersville but again i mean i think this matchup the style of play might tend to favor uh might be better for cartersville than the style of play against blessed trinity was if that makes any sense um but going down the roster player by player i think baldwin is a little bit better and i think uh that home court advantage is going to loom large
1: the next game saint Pies, they got by troop county 66 to 46 carver columbus they got by woodward academy 58 to 53 so it'll be saint Pies taking on carver columbus
0: a rematch of last year's uh i don't know maybe it was a second round matchup you might have to fact check me on that i could probably pull it up real quick but Carver Columbus played St. Pius extremely close last year in the state playoffs. Daniel Melvin, of course, has graduated, but those two teams met in the uh, this round last year. It was the Elite Eight, 64 to 60. St. Pius knocked them off. So these teams are familiar with each other. Um I still like St. Pius just with their guards and they're gonna press the hell out of you. And you got Matt Gonzalo, Brian Gonzalo, Everett Lane is just this is when he shines the most, knocking down three pointers and just playing with the ultimate chip on his shoulder uh kendy willis inside again maybe not this round but it's gonna come down to what he can do in the post and can he be a physical presence can he block shots can he rebound because he does have that size uh zach ranson another undersized forward but he rebounds extremely well so i I like st They're still a well-oiled machine they took care of troop by 20 carver Columbus had a nice win over woodward academy Uh, I think they see a major step up in competition against St. Pius now. Cover columbus does have some quality guards, so they're going to have to rely on A.J. Watts. They're going to have to rely on uh, Devin Flowers, guys like that. But, you know, we we talked about Region 1. Is it the best region in Class 4A? We just look. Westover fell apart, lost to Burke County. Um, Who else in Region 1, you know, dropped the ball? America Sumter lost by one to Baldwin, so... We'll see. Carver-Columbus is, uh, it looks like they're the last team standing there, and uh, we'll see if they can really kind of carry that banner for Region 1, but it's going to be difficult against St. Pius traveling all the way to Atlanta.
1: Next up on the top right quadrant of Class 4A, Sandy Creek will be hosting Burt County. Sandy Creek beat Stevens County 72-53. to Burt County topped West over 73-71.
0: Yes, Sandy Creek was tied like 38-38 at one point, and it was a little scary, but they finally pulled away. Um, Burke County with that, that great upset over Westover. Um, I think Westover was more talented than Burke County, but Burke County, you know, they, they won that game. They probably played extremely hard, toughness. They got a guard, Xavion Williams, Dante Carter, uh, who's a forward inside. Some other guys got Jalil Roundtree, Simeon Coleman uh but i think again dating back to the talent they just beat a team that probably had a little more talent to them but i think sandy creek with tj bickerstaff jared godfrey um cam cam miller chris poor all these guys over there xavier brewer i like I like Sandy Creek to get past Burke County. I think Burke County hasn't seen a team with that type of length before and that type of talent as well, and a really good six four guard like Jared Godfrey. So I think Sandy Creek will be able to advance to the final four, but Burke County is going to play extremely hard. They're playing with house money right now. I know they were a two seed from Region three, um, so it's not like they were a three or four seed, but I think they're playing with house money and they're just going to let it all hang out against Sandy Creek.
1: Your final Elite Eight matchup in Class 4A, Lafayette will be hosting Upson Lee. Upson Lee will have to travel. Lafayette beat Jefferson 53-51. Upson Lee took care of Salem in a closer one that won many thought 52-44. to
0: Lafayette, yeah, they, they have it going for them that they're hosting this game, and the travel is going to be uh, difficult for Upson Lee, but... The place is going to be smattered with purple all over the place. Lafayette has never seen a team anything close to – anything close to what Ups and Lee is. Um, even looking at West Hall and, and Jefferson, those aren't teams that you think and say, oh, yeah, great athletes all over the court. It's a whole other animal. I mean, their their best opportunity at winning this game or keeping close, you got to slow it down, limit the possessions – I said if you have to pull it out, run a minute or two off the clock here and there, four corners, you're not going to beat Upson Lee going up and down the court. You're not. It's not going to happen. This is a game where I could foresee Lafayette coming out and hitting two quick threes and going up like eight to two and everyone getting hype. And then eventually this is snowballs into a 25, 30-point loss. There's just I, I can't see them competing with Upson Lee. Lafayette's about five, six deep probably. you got a 5'10 center in D Southern who had 19 and 14 against Jefferson, but that's not 19 and 14 against 66 250 Trayvon Walker. Uh I just I can't see this one being very close, but Lafayette has had a fantastic season. Do not hang their heads. They're going to play very difficult. Alex Kiliar, he's going to have to have the game of his life along with John Morgan, and Andrew Pendergrass is going to have to hit threes, 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 but I just worry about how are they going to keep Walker off the glass? How are they going to keep Ty Fagan in front of them? And my answer for that is they're probably not.
1: In Class 3A, GAC eked by Pace County by three. Johnson Savannah beat Monroe by 19. It's going to be Johnson Savannah taking on GAC.
0: GAC with the three-headed trio of Hunter McIntosh, Roy Dixon, Ben Shepard, and Chris Hinton inside um, bruising around the rim. They took care of Pace Academy by three, like you said. They're seeing Johnson, and Johnson, uh, that's going to be extremely tough because Johnson is athletes on athletes on athletes on athletes on athletes. Of course, you start with uh, Amanzi Nugumezi inside going to Georgia, averaging 15 and 10, but you got Shamar Jones, a junior guard, averaging close to 20 points per game. And then it's all the bowls. It's all the bowls. We got... Alik, Amandre, Alavion, and then of course Imari, and those guys are some freak athletes, especially Alavion Bowls. He's probably about six one, six two. He's averaging over two blocks per game. They play fast, they're all over the place. Um, Nugumezi, he's you know, if he keeps his head and he doesn't get frustrated banging bodies with Chris Hinton and he just lets his talent, you know, play out. That is a really tough game for GAC. I will have one of my uh, near and dear to my heart uh, reporters at that game. Uh, but that's just going to be really tough. GAC is going to have to be very ball strong. Hunter McIntosh is going to have to make the right decisions with the ball. And Chris Hinton's really going to have to shut down the paint. But there's just so many athletes for Johnson Savannah. But the one thing that I think really will help GAC. It's a long travel, it's a long trip from Savannah to uh, Norcross, Georgia, so we'll see how it plays out, but Johnson has been on a mission all season long, as has GAC, but I don't know. Those athletes, the Bulls brothers, I think they could be the difference makers with just how athletic they are.
1: In the Sweet 16, Morgan County over Towers, 64-49. to 49. Central Macon over Long County, 62-49. to 49. We have Central Macon taking on Morgan County
0: morgan county they 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 took care of business you said Towers a nice test for them uh central Macon, a team that you always think is gonna take a little bit of a drop off but they keep playing at a high level kylan hill uh a, a forward that gets the job done on the glass scores all around the rim he's improved every single year and transferring over to central Macon has really helped him out he transferred over there i think it was last season so he's been a big time producer Tamir Robinson, I've heard heard very good things about him and Kenori Williams. So that's a team that's they're gonna be fearless. They are they are definitely gonna be fearless. Um, but Morgan County does have that 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 resume and that I I'm not gonna say arrogance about them, but just the fact that they know they're gonna be the best team. They're the team to beat. They've been there, they've done that, they've seen the talent, they've hung with the best of the best, they are the best of the best. Uh, Alec Woodard and Tyron Lawrence You got Stephen Green at the guard, Anthony Cooper playing above the rim. And they lost in the state championship game last year. And Wendell Carter's not in high school basketball anymore. So I think they are very focused on getting back to the state championship game and finishing the drill. And Central Macon, they're going to push them to the limit. But I think Morgan County, they have their eyes set on that state title, and I don't think they're going to let anything get in their way.
1: Over on the top right quadrant, Cedar Grove over Dawson County, sixty-four to fifty-two in the Sweet Sixteen, Jenkins Savannah over Cook County, fifty-two to forty-nine. It'll be Cedar Grove taking on Jenkins Savannah.
0: I think we've talked about this uh, when Wes McCard was on the podcast. Jenkins presses. They press, they're hectic, they're all over the court. Cedar Grove, they have a ton of guards, good guards, very good guards, but no necessarily great guards, and when I saw them play Pace Academy, they kind of, you know, ugh, get a little shaky with it, they are getting pressured by freshman guards, and they are kind of turning it over, and sometimes they can get a little bit away from getting Jamari Dean the ball, and I think... You know, Jamari Dean's their best player. He's uh, he's the guy that Jenkins is going to have to match up with. I I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's really going to be a great game. Cedar Grove having home court advantage is huge, so both those Johnson – uh, Johnson and Jenkins both the Savannah team is going to have to come up north which is going to be tough Jenkins only beat Cook by three points so they're not feeling awesome about themselves but they're going to have to deal with Devin Barnes, Canaris Cummings who's that long wing, Kishon Bird all those guys Blake Austin torn seals inside if he's back healthy uh, banging on the glass but you got guys for Jenkins Tyrone Scott he's a, a freak athlete you got Trey Mays shoot the three ball Cy Fisher is brought a lot of good stuff, Matt Sams and then uh you got Lamont Sams who brings about a 6-7 frame and a shot blocker. It's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a really good game. I think the key for Cedar Grove is can we handle Jenkins trapping and pressure defense? And if you're Jenkins, can we slow down Jamari Dean and not let him really kill us inside? Those are probably the two keys to the game.
1: Your final elite eight game in class three a is going to be heart county who beat redan 62 to 39 and westside macon who was over crisp county 75 to 64
0: westside macon versus Hart county we said it when we started it Hart county is my sleeper team to make the final four now we gotta pass the test of westside macon westside macon of course no more kavan moore got hurt so they've been having to rely on greg holloway who's had a great season as a double double man six six forward he's done uh, a, a great job being that robin to batman all season long but now he's officially batman with more out um some other those you know more of those west side guards helping out kawasi reeves jr Three point shooter. Um, got some other guys. Javian Mosley, I, I believe his name is. Hopefully, I did not screw that up. So they got they got some guys, but it's all about sharing the ball, trusting in your teammates. Don't don't just be the seniors that are trying to do it all yourself. Hallway and all these guys, trust your teammates. Make sure everyone's getting a share of the sugar there. You got Desmond Foston as well, Um, Omar Jones. A lot of these guys share the ball. So Hallway's going to get his 16 to 18 points and let everybody else pepper you for 6 to 8 points. That's the winning recipe for Westside. Now if you're looking at Hart County – they got some athletes. They don't have a crazy amount of size, but they've seen Morgan County. They've seen the best of the best, and they've hung tough with them. So they're going to run that offense through Tevin Craft. They're going to let Jalen Brown do what he has to do. Uh, Elijah Robinson, Rex McCord, two of those guys, honorable mention picks for Region 8. So I think it's going to be a really good matchup in Hart County with a little, little bit more momentum. I mean, they beat East Hall by 15. They beat Redan um what's that 62 to 39 so it looks like 23 points west side making they got four seed crisp crisp county beat them by just 11 points beat three seed islands by eight points so Hart county has probably played a little bit better than west side making so far in the tournament but it doesn't really matter because they're going to decide this one on the court head to head to see who makes it to the final four
1: down to two A Kyle. Craziness has ensued. Jordan took on Monticello in the sweet sixteen, seventy one to sixty seven. Jordan won that. Vidalia earned its spot in the Elite Eight after beating Washington County. Fifty two to forty six. Vidalia Vidalia will be traveling to Jordan.
0: Yeah, Vidalia, everything You know, coming up roses for him right now. They got Taj Jones, who's been a great scoring guard for a very, very long time. And he's he's starting to take over and he's getting some help from his teammates, I'm sure. So they got to be feeling very well about themselves. Taj Jones, Anthony Jones. Uh, they're playing extremely well and who would have thunk that out of all those region two teams it's uh, the number three seed that I guess it looks like they're the last region two team standing Swainsboro got bounced in the first round Jeff Davis got beat by sixteen by Glenn Hills um, and then Metter uh, same deal they got they got beat in the second round as well so Vidalia a very proud program. Uh, kind of slipped back to the pack a little bit last year, but Taj Jones, he's making things happen for him, and they're seeing Jordan. And I've been saying, you know, Region 5, not good. You can just see by the records. It's not a good region, but Region 5 has two teams in the Elite Eight. It's all about the draw, and that's how it's played out for them. We'll talk about Spencer a little later, but... Jordan, Monticello, that was a bad thing about Monticello, up and down, up and down. You beat Chituga, but you were only there because you lost to a six-win Putnam County team, and then they trended down and lost to Jordan. But Jordan, they got Junior Hill, first-team Region 5 selection, Quentin Dukes as well, another guy, Traquan Davis. So Jordan's got some guys that can really help out. Uh, but Vidalia, I think they've seen better talent throughout the year. And Taj Jones, again, I'm going with that same theme. I think he's going to be the best player on the court. So I like the Indians.
1: The next game, uh, the next two teams trying to earn their spot in the Final Four at GCSU in Class 2A is going to be South Atlanta. They beat Banks County by 12 and Laney, who beat Metter by 10.
0: Ramin, this is going to be a great one. This is a, a smack yo mama type of game if you like good guard play. This is South Atlanta. The pedigree, the defending state champs, the senior guards, Dondre Barnes, Jalen Steagle fearless. They played everybody. They beat pretty much everybody. Going up against Laney, a bunch of little guys, 6'3", is probably their biggest player, but they're scrappy. They're extremely quick. Donald Henley, DeJuan Griffin, uh, Ronnie Walker, all these guys. are going to press. They're going to grab. They're going to do whatever they want. It's at Laney. Laney tends to get the calls at Laney from the people I talk to. But South Atlanta, they're not going to be afraid. They've seen this before. This is just an awesome game. If I could go back to Augusta, I would, but I'm pretty sure I got a lifetime ban from that city, and I'm not looking to get over there anytime soon. No offense to Augusta, but that is going to be a a heck of a game, and South Atlanta is going to bring just – bring that 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 great town and that great guard play, and I, I would love to see that. Is Laney's system of pressing all over the place going to fluster these two senior guards for South Atlanta? I don't know. I tend to think South Atlanta gets it done, but it's going to be a fun game, and if you're in Augusta, that's the game you need to get to.
1: The next game is going to be Spencer, who you mentioned earlier, over Rockmart by a wide margin, 72-39, and Thomasville, who beat Dublin, 72-60. to 60.
0: Okay, Thomasville... I'm always uh, a laggard on jumping on the bandwagon. I'm always hard to believe on them because every time I believe – they they lose to someone they I think they could beat now on papers thomasville should probably smack spencer they probably should smack spencer with the great reggie perry who fouled out with three minutes left in the third quarter that does not sound like an all-american to me that's not good you can't foul out in the third quarter why is he playing with four fouls in the third quarter that's that's scary that's very scary but talent wise probably with him and titus right inside and a couple guards who have improved this year Thomasville has been very impressive with who they beat. They beat Swainsboro by six. They beat Dublin by 12. Very impressive. And they held on against Dublin with their best player on the bench. So with that said, Thomasville, they should beat Spencer. Spencer, they're going to be led by Jason Williams, Raquito Leonard, Jaques Holt, all these guys, Jamil Melendez. They haven't seen uh the the talent really that Thomasville has seen. I mean, Thomasville's region's not spectacular, but just in these two these two games alone, Thomasville has seen much better talent than a uh, you know, Hapeville Charter was a very close game. Forlum beat them by two points and then they blew out Rockmart like you mentioned. But with that all being said, this is usually the the prototypical classic Uh, look ahead game trap game you think we're going to win this one and this is sometimes where they get bit like they got bit really bad by chatuga last year and they got beat in that i guess it was a sweet 16 by chatuga same type deal possibly i i i just i hope they don't they don't overlook spencer because i'm sure spencer's going to come out with a great game plan and they're going to be fearless and they're going to have some athletes they're going to play hard Thomasville should win this one, but just, you know, years past, this is usually around the time Thomasville kind of folds up. They've never been to the Final Four. I don't think these past two years, three years, have been covering it. But again, Thomasville, a heavy favorite. Let's just see if they can get the job done on the court now.
1: The final game of Class 2A Thorell over Elbert County, 67-63, to will be taken on Glenn Hills, who beat Jefferson Davis, 72-56. to
0: Oh my gosh, Ramin, this is the one I'm going to be at, my friend. I'm going to be at this one. I'm, I'm juiced up about this one. This one's going to be awesome. Let's start with Therrell. Number one in the state, all sophomores and freshmen. My goodness, DeAndre Brown, sophomore averaging 18 points per game. They're pretty big though. They got they don't have the six eights, but they go sturdy, six five, six five, six four, six four across the board. You got that freshman Robbie Armbrester averaging eleven points, ten rebounds. You got Cameron Fortson, another about six five sophomore averaging eleven points, eight rebounds and over a block a game. A Roman Sun, the point guard, smallest guy on the court for them, a sophomore averaging eleven points, four rebounds, five assists. You know, Theroux, we talked about why did Theroux get ranked with seven losses. We talked about this on a podcast. Because they challenged themselves. They played dang good teams. They played the likes of Dekula, Miller Grove. I think they played Morgan County. They played everybody, and they played, you know, extremely well against them. They, they've seen everything, and they've, they've handled their business. They beat Salem by 13 points, who, um, who Upson Lee just beat them by about – Twelve points, so that tells you Farrell's a really good team. Now Glenn Hills, they're going to have bigger and uh, I don't want to say better, they're probably better uh, recruitable talent right now because they're seniors and juniors. But you start with Timmy Sellers inside, six foot eight. He likes to put the ball on the floor. He likes to ignite fast breaks on his own. Tim Williamson has been a major help, a six four wing that transferred in from Heppsava. Isaiah Bowman transferred in from West Side Augusta. He's averaging about eleven points per game. John Trey Whitehead, uh, nine points per game or so. He's a very athletic sophomore, about 6'5". Uh, Eric Farmer, you got all these guys uh, that can really play. They have, uh, what's his name, Shepard here. Cordes Shepherd hit about four threes in their first-round game. Glenn Hills is a very scary team, but you're coming to Atlanta now. You're coming to Atlanta. Augusta and Atlanta basketball is very different. It's just different. It's just different. Uh Ferrell's played better teams than Glenn Hills has, and that is just a fact. Glenn Hills hasn't played a Miller Grove. They haven't played a Morgan County. They haven't played a That's the truth. It's gonna be interesting. Therrell, are they still a year away because they're all freshmen and sophomore? Or are they ready for the spotlight? Are they ready to shine? Are they ready to make it to the final four? We will see. But Glenn Hills, they're gonna have some big dudes and they're gonna be very, very talented, very long. Can Therrell deal with the length of Glen Hills playing a team that's finally a little bit bigger than them? We're going to find out. I'm going to be in the building. Fingers crossed. I'm going to say a prayer that they have good Wi-Fi or just good cell phone service in general. It's going to be fun, Ramin.
1: Down in A public, Kyle. This is what the bracket. The first bracket, I should say, that's gone all chalk. Woodville, Tompkins, they took GMC 62-51. to 51. Calhoun County took... On Trion in the Sweet 16 and beat them 80 to 48 to set up a Woodville Tompkins versus Calhoun County uh, Elite Eight matchup.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good one. I mean, Lenny Lenny has done a great job over there with the uh, Woodville Tompkins Wolverines. Uh, It's first year on the job. Lenny Williams has done an exceptional job. Uh, So they've been handling their business. GMC, a very nice win for them because Malik Falston's no joke. He's a really good guard. But Woodville, very good team. Preston Crisp, the junior, very good. This is a team that's going to bring back pretty much everybody next year. Charleston Willingham has been making some plays. Deontay Green, a lot of these guys. A.J. Hassel, uh, that's a good team. That's a good team. But they're running into a really tough one. So this is going to separate – the good teams from the great teams here because they're playing Calhoun County, who's been on the warpath, 17 or so straight wins. They won a state title. They lost in championship game last year. You got USF uh, bound forward, um, Rayshawn Williams. He is going to be a handful. Listed about six foot seven, the lefty. He went left every single time in the state championship game against Wilkinson. We will have to see if Woodville be, will be able to exploit that. They don't have the size that he is, but luckily for them, Williams does a lot of his damage on the perimeter and driving to the hoop. Woodville is going to have to step up and take some charges. They're probably not going to be able to block too many of his shots, but that is going to be a really good game. They got Williams. They got kadari's homes ronnie moore they got a lot of talent and that is a good team that is ready to win a state title we'll see if woodville can stand in their way
1: the bottom left quadrant of class a public has montgomery county taken on lanier county montgomery county beat randolph Clay 95 to 73 lanier county over fulton leadership academy 42 to 40 it looks like
0: yeah yeah and uh if you're Lanier County, that was a scare. Fulton leadership, uh, Yazar Rainwater, Tyree Broner, all those guys over there. Uh, Briarcliff, Briarcliff, I think that's name. Pardon me if I'm mispronouncing again. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a very interesting game. Lanier County's been good for the most part, good throughout the throughout the year. But a two point win, I mean, Atlanta Ball. We just mentioned it. It's a little bit. Uh, barcliffe was the name I'm looking for. I apologize, Niall Barcliff. Uh, that's a good team, Montgomery County. They're going to have to slow down that three-headed attack. That's Devon Coglin, who is a big-time scorer. He's well over 20 points per game. Shaw Robinson, another senior leader. Zilil Wilson, six foot four. And there's uh, there's some talent. That is a potent offense. You don't score 95 points for no reason in the state tournament. Montgomery County versus Lanier County. I'm going to have to lean towards Lanier County. The Eagles have been rolling this season, and I think they're feeling really good about themselves with Coughlin. They've won 15 straight games. Lanier County, Ty Randolph and crew, they're really going to have to try and shut it down defensively. Now they've got Amari McGriff, a six foot six shot blocker inside. We'll see what he can do, if he can kind of protect the rim. They've got some other good, talented players, some senior leadership, Jay Foster. And then also they have Nigel Bacon and James Green and... Taquan, Baker, so Baker and Green are juniors. So look for that 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 uh, Bulldog team. Try and rely on their defense. they got two seniors and then two juniors, uh, all scoring 11 points or more. Uh, but I do like Montgomery County. They're just a very explosive offense.
1: On the top right side, we have Macon County who beat Terrell County 68-66 to 66 in the Sweet 16 Central Talbotton over Dooley County 57-31 to 31 to set up Macon County traveling to Central Talbotton
0: yeah and these teams have met these teams have met before they're in that that same region. Uh, let's see the first time they met, it looks like let's see here. Macon County won at Central Talbotton, 53-46. I think Central might have been dealing with some injuries back around that time. I'm not 100% positive, but I know they've been banged up a little bit throughout the year. So Macon County beat them the first time, and I've been, you know, I've been pretty high on Macon County. They've been a little down here or there, but they got five players averaging double figures. Clayton Jenkins, a big time shooter, he will pull from anywhere on the court, 17 points per game. But Clavion Walker, he plays extremely hard, plays a lot bigger than his size. He averages six rebounds per game, but he's only uh, five foot eleven. Just a tough football football player. Uh, you got Markavian, McCavian Bonner. I saw him in the summer as well. Trey Brown, another football player inside. Jamal Rice rounding up that uh, that that offensive attack. But they're going against Central Talbotton, which are some grown men. You got Tane Smith, six five wing. Um, uh, boy, my man, Zytavian Hill, very physical, great rebounder, six foot four forward. And then uh, Javaris Copeland, who rounds out that attack. Central Talbotin is very, very talented. They're very physical. Uh, but can they guard Jenkins? Can they guard these little guards of Macon County? We're gonna see because they struggled against Manchester. They beat Manchester in that region championship. But those teams with little guard play and teams that press, uh, they can kind of slow down Central Talbotton because they're a lot bigger of a team. Uh, they don't have many short little guards that are big time scorers. They rely on six five, six four, and another six four. So we'll see what happens with Macon County if they can repeat their success from earlier in the season.
1: Manchester, who beat uh, Pelham in the Sweet 16 by 10, will be traveling to Wilkinson County, who beat Drew Charter by 21.
0: Yeah, Pelham gave Manchester a a really nice scare there, but... Uh, they fell short. I think they missed some free throws down the stretch that kind of sealed their fate. But Manchester, if you remember Ramin, they've only lost one game on the court. They're, they're listed as about 21 and 6, but five of those losses were via forfeit. Their, their only loss came in that region championship to Central Tableton but I think it was one point. So. Uh, this is still a team that you've got to beat on the court. They're very good. Anzi Hardman has really turned the program around his first year on the job. And it's Janiel J- J- Hill, Carlos Dixon, Khalil Bronner, these guards that really pace everything. they got Garrett Brown, 6'8", uh, inside just to provide a little bit of size, maybe a little bit of shot blocking. Uh, so that, that's that's what you're looking at right there but it's a three headed attack of those guards Manchester that get after you play great defense and really set the tone Wilkinson they've seen everything before though that's that's the deal with Wilkinson Tylen Grable has been a monster in the state playoffs in the region tournament the six foot six center plays football plays basketball he's a double double machine they're gonna have to slow him down now with Manchester they're gonna play that fast style play they're gonna get after you defensively so maybe that could kind of take Grable out of his game plan I'm not sure but they got Jalen Lamar another good guard but some size it's it's gonna be a great game and Aaron Jeter he's uh you know doing some stuff over there that he shouldn't be doing if you read any of those articles that came out recently but uh he wins games if you take everything out all the bad stuff away from the court he wins games on the court and uh Wilkinson that is a tough draw for Manchester Wilkinson's been there before Manchester I mean, they played for a state title, I think, recently when they got beat by, who was it, Pace Academy or so. But uh, I I, kind of like Wilkinson because Wilkinson has really turned the corner this year after a little bit of a slow start, 11 straight wins. I feel really good about Wilkinson, but in a really tight, close game.
1: And now on to a private. This one is also almost chalked the last Elite Eight matchup. One of the eight teams that got a bye did not make it, but we'll start in the top left. Holy Innocence, who took on Lakeview Academy in the Sweet 16 and won 73-66, will be taking on Christian Heritage, who won 52-50 over Mount Vernon. Uh,
0: Holy Innocence has been playing quite well. Josh Smith, um, Garrison Powell, all those guys. Uh, Matt Meadows has been a big shot maker at guard. But, you know, they're going to Christian Heritage, so I feel okay about that. I mean, Christian Heritage ran into a Mount Vernon team who does have some big size trying to gate them. Christian Heritage is usually the biggest team on the floor They can go six seven, about 6'5", 6'5", 6'4". Holy Innocence doesn't have that much size inside or guys that play that big inside, so they could be okay, but... Christian Heritage they're going to have to play really well cuz Holy Innocence is a good team, a young team. Matt Meadows makes big shots down the stretch, but Christian Heritage if they can rely on that uh that that physical size advantage, it could help them win this game. Christian Coman's going to have to block a lot of shots and score. He's got to be the man he is. He's a unicorn up in Dalton. Uh 6 foot 7 wing scores it lefty reminds me a little bit of Jacory wilson from south paulding last year but sam dindoffer he was a big shot maker against uh saint francis when i saw him play can knock down those threes I, I think he's a lefty with a funny stroke then zach gentry uh he's you know i i described him as a plucky guard they just dribble around and they're they're very quick off the dribble with that low center of gravity you got a.j kent who brings some a little bit of athleticism and length on the wing and then even guys like Evan Lester, a freshman who doesn't look like a freshman, they got some some big physical guys who rebound around the basket, so it's going to be tough for Christian Heritage. But I think they're going to rely on their home court advantage, and it might be able to push them to the final four.
1: North Cobb Christian, who took on Darlington and beat them sixty-five to sixty-two, will be taking on St. Francis, who won over Walker seventy-three to fifty-seven.
0: Well, if you're North Cobb Christian, I think the recipe would be to follow what Christian Heritage did. Christian Heritage, they kind of gave St. Francis some problems with their size. And now Christian uh, North Cobb Christian, they do have Caleb Crumley inside who is about six foot eight. Uh, so you gotta deal with him. Uh, I, I, I like some of their guards though. They they do have some some good guards. Miles Hamilton is 6'3 wing so he he's big you got Hunter Norman, who runs the show for him. Myson Lowe can make some shots from the outside, even though he's a tiny guard. Uh, Josiah Scott off the bench. He's very quick. I like his potential. But St. Francis, Dwan Odom, Chase Ellis, I mean, you just go down the list. All these guys, Sam Hines, they've been a well-oiled machine the entire season uh, until that loss against Christian Heritage, and we, we saw how they rebounded. They beat Walker. By what? Oh boy, by 16 points. Wasn't an absolutely dominating effort. Uh, so we'll see how they do against North Cobb Christian, who's definitely a, a, a somewhat of a rival of theirs. Uh, but I think North Cobb Christian could kind of – Keep the game close with their size, and if they're making eight threes, like they hit, what, about eight threes in the first quarter against Walker in the region tournament, if North Cobb Christian can hit some threes, I think it can hang around with St. Francis, but I still do like St. Francis. They've been the best team all year long, and i got to go with St. Francis.
1: In the top right quadrant of A public on the gentleman's side, Green Forest over Stratford Academy 58-56, to 56. Elka over Wesleyan 60-46. Green Forest will be traveling to Elka.
0: Yeah, and uh, these teams are very familiar with one another. They have already met, I think it's three times here. Uh, let's see, Eagles Landing Christian. So they played a couple times already. Uh, the first matchup went in Eagles Landing's favor, 80-64. to 64. Then they came back, and it was Green Forest that clipped them 69-56, to 56. and then they met again in the uh, region championship, and it was 66-54. They took care of green forest but green Force is playing much better we thought they were a little dead in the water but they they shuffled the roster around christian clark averaging 16 points per game Jalen clark uh what i say christian jackson averaging 16 points per game Jalen clark averaging 15 points per game so there that's a guard team guard guard, guard oriented team with some size ibrahim jarju inside uh, averaging eight points per game but Elka has really been rolling since they've been at full strength, and all their football players back. Everybody, Malachi Rhodes, six foot seven, is still a problem inside. They finally have some shooters around him now that are healthy and are, are suited up, like KJ Jones. You got uh, Makai Cameron, Jermaine Man, uh, just a, a physical Jermaine Man, a physical four that attacks the rim and rebounds extremely well. Trevon Reddish, all these guys, so. I think Elka gets past Green Force, which sets up possibly a rematch, Ramin, within uh, who they see in the final four. Possibly. Possibly. Possibly, because that would be the winner of Brookstone, the number 19 seed, versus Aquinas, who struggled to put away Savannah Christian but pulled away late. Uh, Brookstone... I mean, they're 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 riding right the magic carpet right now. They're right riding the magic carpet with um, some you know fortunate luck. Prince Avenue was not shouldn't have been the three seed, but that's just how the power rankings go. And they proved they did not be- deserve a, a a high seating like that. Now Brookstone's going to have a couple athletes, I think, that you know coming over from Columbus. So it's going to be an extreme travel. That's all the way across the state, but they're going to have to rely on Sutton uh, uh about six three six four, I believe uh he's averaging 16 points eight rebounds three assists close to three blocks per game so they got some talent there taylor harris and chris edmonds as well we'll see how they do heading to uh, augusta and uh, i think we already know what augusta has with uh daniel paris the best player on that team making everything run for him trent bowdry the three-point shooter and trey gamillion just uh, the effort guy that produces all the stats for him and then inside dewan hill and cameron gardner have been very much improved this off season And uh, it's paid off a lot for Aquinas this season. So we'll see. But uh, I think that sums up the boys' side of things. Ramin?
1: It does. And I just wanted to point out I was very confused that you were trying to lead me into the next one, Kyle. I thought we were looking something up. But thank you for picking that up. And, uh, yeah, since I finished my point that I tried to make earlier but that I couldn't because I was very confused, um, Prince Avenue Christian was the only team out of the 16 teams on the A public and A private side who got the first round by and who did not – Make it to the Elite Eight. So I guess if you go one for 16, the power rankings are acceptable enough, I guess. I don't know. That's a debate we'll have maybe after the championships, a topic that's cropped up here and there on Twitter about whether the state should go to power rankings through all eight classifications. But for now, we have Girls Elite Eight games to talk about. Kyle, anything you want to hit on in the Class 7A girls side?
0: Well, we're not going to go crazy in depth, as you know, as the boys. This is primarily a boys' podcast. But Norcross versus McEachern is going to be a very, very big game. Of course, Jasmine Carson transferred in. I wonder how that happened, uh, but she is a stud. She's going to Georgia Tech. And she is helping out McEachin. Victoria Agan is a big time player. I like her a lot on that team. I actually think she might be the best player for McEachin. They're going up against Norcross, who has done better than expected. Morgan Robinson Nagawu uh, was a Region Player of the Year for Region 7. And Meyer Strickland, they got some other bigs inside that can really help them uh, control the tempo and uh, defend the rim. So that'll be a fun game. Newton versus Cherokee. Cherokee, I got to give them a lot of credit. Um, when Sidney Watts went down with the injury, I thought uh, they might be in a little bit of trouble, but it's been next man up for them. Lacey McCoy is still there. Olivia Herrera, who is a Region 4 first-teamer, she hurt her ankle. I'm not sure of her status in this next round's game. But uh, Lakin Wade as well and Chatham Brown uh, brings a little bit of uh, athleticism and versatility for Coach Matt Kate. So they're playing Newton, who only beat Lambert by five. Newton... Uh, a little bit of a scary result for them. I thought they would handle their business a little bit better. But Lexi Chapman, a very good guard. Journey Smith as well. Um, a, lot of, a lot of these players for Newton I, I really like. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting matchup for them. Uh, I think they have who, Diamond Swift as well on that team. So a lot of guard play in that one. North Forsyth versus Hillgrove, another one. A lot of guard play. Hillgrove's going to have to slow down um Catherine Shope shooting that ball and then Collins Hill versus Westlake one versus two uh that's I mean that's as good as it gets with the division one talent all across board Westlake's a little younger than Collins Hill Collins Hill has oh man just all 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 those talented players Jerron Stallworth was actually region six player of the year going to Mercer but you got Bria Harmon going to Purdue eventually Javen Nicholson UGA Jada Rice North Carolina State Catherine a three-point shooter and then Westlake Westlake's just got all these youngsters that can really play. Raven Johnson has really made that team her own at that point guard spot and getting the ball to Taylor Hose and Dove Simone, let all those players, Paris Mullins, inside. So that is going to be a great game, Westlake and Collinsville.
1: Take it down to 6A. Your marquee matchups are going to be in the bottom half of the bracket. We've talked about them for a while. Lovejoy traveling to Winder Barrow. Tucker traveling to Harrison.
0: Wonder Barrel and Lovejoy. Yes, you're right about that. How will they slow down Olivia Nelson Odoa? Uh, I like Lovejoy in this one just because they have, they have everything you want. You, you win with great guard play. Genesis Bryant is phenomenal. Anaya Boyd is very good, and they have some size to mix it up. Inside Caleb Brown, very good. Also, Shelia Watson, we know. We're repeating all these names you've heard before for Wonder Barrel. Latrice Perkins going to College of Charleston. Uh, this is the time for uh, – Olivia Nelson Odota to really establish herself, be that five-star blue-chip, blue-collar superstar that she is. She has to have a big statement game against Lovejoy. This could be the biggest game of her career. It could be the last game of her career. So she has to really bring it. And on that bottom right-hand side, Harrison and Tucker, I'm more interested to see what happens off the court because I'm so tired of talking about this same old stuff. We get it. GHSA is not going to do anything. You're not going to advance to the Final Four because of some transfers. So decided on the court. I don't want to hear any more of it. I don't care about it. So get it done. Solve it yourselves and just be done with it. And then if you want to throw it up top, Northview is going to have to deal with Coffees. Um, Big time post presences inside. I think uh, that could be uh, you know a little bit closer than expected because I think Coffee does have some pretty good guards, but they have some size inside. Norfue is going to have to play well, stay out of foul trouble, get Ashley Austin going early and often. And Douglas County and Valdosta, Valdosta, had them advancing to the final four, but Douglas County has played exceptionally well, beating Pope by 40 points in the Sweet 16. Amari Robinson has really taken over, taking her game to the next level. She's averaging over 30 points per game in this postseason, so Valdosta is going to have their hands full.
1: In 5A, we have Fayette County taking on Villarica, Eagles Landing traveling to Buford, Carrollton traveling to Harris County, and then Dutchtown versus Flowery Branch.
0: Villarica, a very nice win against Arabia Mountain. I, I think they... Should be able to get past Fayette County, a very well coached team, but DeAsia Merrill, uh, she's healthy now and they got everything clicking for them. So I like Villarica to uh, somehow get past them. I think it'd be a tough game. Buford and Eagles Landing, I love Eagles Landing. I love what they've been doing. They challenge themselves, what you need to do. They played great teams uh, throughout the non region schedule and they've prepared extremely well. They've been blowing teams out, but they're running up against Buford and you know, at the end of the day, Buford's Buford in the state tournament and other teams aren't. But we saw what happened on the boys' side. Miller Grove, they they were able to knock off Buford. But uh, Miller Grove has more of that, that pedigree than Eagles Landing girls do. But Eagles Landing, I think they're going to be able to give him a game. I'm just, you know, it's going to be tough to beat a Gene Durden coach team. Uh, Carrollton versus Harris County. How is Carrollton going to slow down Harris County's bigs inside? Jessica Carter, uh, she is a monster going to Mississippi State. Tasia Fanning as well. Uh, Another Carter, Niasia Carter. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what Carrollton can do to slow them down. And Flowery Branch versus Dutchtown. Dutchtown has some size. They have some size. Um, Mm -hmm. What? india bellamy i believe her name is so that is going to be a big six foot one six foot two post presence flowery branch is going to have to deal with They got her inside Uh, they also have a uh a post player named jordan manny inside so they're going to have to be ready but flowery branch they're they're locked and loaded locked and loaded with uh worth going to alabama uh lexi also, uh, Ashley Locke, all these players. And Caroline Wysocki, Uh she's, a, she's an X-Factor. If she gets hot, she can really carry that team. So that's going to be another really good, interesting matchup.
1: Taking down to 4A, Kyle America's sumter traveling to Marist. On the right side, it's going to be North Oconee-Carver-Columbus moving to the bottom half. Sorry, throwing you off. Kyle going a bit out of order. Henry County traveling to Jefferson. And then finally, Madison County to Spalding. <sighs>
0: Diaria Odin is probably going to run the show for Marist, and for good reason. Uh, I think she's going to really help them with Sarah Skinner. They're going up against America Sumter, who had a really nice win against Burke County by 14 points. Uh, We'll see what America Sumter can do. It's going to be a, a tough travel day for them going to Marist, so I tend to favor Marist in that one, but I think it'll be a really close game. America Sumter is nothing to sneeze at. Jefferson versus Henry County, I just don't see Jefferson being able to match up. Uh, talent-wise with Henry County. Jefferson's had a great season, but Henry County, if they want to win the state championship, I think they have everything you need and more. Brookmore Moore going to Auburn. You also have great talent. Janiah Jones scores the ball. Uh, Amaya Jackson scores the ball. Uh, and Usoria McHorter inside, shot blocker. They got all the pieces for a deep, deep state tournament run. North Oconee has been the pleasant surprise, a 3 seed Had a great team last year, graduated all their seniors. But they're, they're right back where they need to be. But they're running into Carver, who curb-stomped Baldwin by 19 points. Carver. Carver's 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 the team to beat alongside Henry County in my mind, and I think Carver's going to have way too much firepower. And Madison County where Spalding—that's going to be a really good game. But we saw Spalding was, you know, taken care of. Luella. Luella crawled back in at late, sixty-three to fifty-six. But Spalding is really good. They play great defense, and they can score the ball a little bit too. Madison County's got that dynamic freshman guard, and we got the big girl inside. But I like Spalding to keep rolling on into the final four.
1: And down to 3A, Kyle, it's going to be Beach traveling to GAC, Peach County to Franklin County, Johnson, Savannah versus Lovett, and then Tattnall County taking on Harrelson County.
0: G.A.C. is going to have to get the job done without Robin Benton, and they've done a nice job without her so far. Karia Reynolds going to Hofstra, Taylor Sutton to MTSU, Mary Martha Turner going to Wofford, and then Kennedy Williams, a really good guard that is the orchestrator of that offense now. But Beach Beach is some tough, tough gals. They are defending state champions for a reason. Jabrika Bass is really good. They crash the boards extremely hard, extremely physical. Tatiana Morris, one of those guards that plays good defense. Mariana Page, uh, they're, they're, just, they're just loaded. Madison Evans, coming of age. She's a youngster still. Uh, very good team. That's uh, going to be a tough one for GAC. But, again, in their favor, again, we were talking about those Savannah schools having to travel up north. Going to GAC and we'll see how it plays out. Um, Franklin County undefeated. They're going to run into a very well-coached Peach County team that has some has some talent to match them. I think Franklin County does have the momentum to get past Peach County in a really close game, though. Uh, Love it versus John Savannah. Uh, it's going to be tough. Johnson really struggled with Monroe. I think the refereeing might not have been uh, as great as uh, Coach Brandon Lindsay and company would have liked, but they advanced. And now they see Jenna Brown, who might be the best remaining player in the state in this classification, going to Stanford, an All-American. So we'll see how they do corraling her. That'll be a great opportunity for Bubbles Williams Bubbles Williams to show her stuff and prove she can play with the big girls along with Jemiah Cutter and a couple other good, talented Good, talented Adam Smashers. And then on that bottom side, Harrelson County, they've been been cranking it out. But if you look at their first one, Stone Mountain, a four seed, you know, blew them out. They're not that good. Morgan County was – hovering around 500 or so, maybe a little bit over 500, but they're still not Morgan County, the talent they were about two years ago or so. They beat them by 11. Now they're seeing Tattnall County, who somewhat of an upset, beat Central Macon. That'll be a really good coin flip game, I think, because they're coming from completely opposite spectrums in this Georgia state. You know, you got Harrison County out on the west coast. you got Tattnall County uh, to the southeast. So very interested to see how that one plays out. Different styles there, I would assume.
1: These following eight teams will be fighting for a spot in the final four and a trip to GCSU, Dodge County at Modell, Laney at Banks County, Rabin County at Fitzgerald, and Josie at Douglas.
0: How do you stop Model's superstar going to South Carolina, Victoria Saxon? That's what Dodge County is going to have to solve. I mean, Model had a a cakewalk against Callaway in that second round. I mean, that was just a a great matchup. After they got past Putnam County, they had smooth sailing in that second round. Uh, Dodge Cam is going to have to rely on Destiny, right? They're going to have to rely on other players like Zanasia Mitchell. I, I believe she goes by Europe Mitchell possibly um so dodge county is gonna have to really bring it they're gonna have to slow down victoria saxon you got to pack it in you got to go two three you got a double team or you have to make other people beat you model has some nice you know some nice um role players libby upton especially they got some nice role players but you just have to make somebody else beat you You cannot let her tear you up like putnam did 38 points 15 rebounds five blocks can't let that happen just you you have to find a way If you got to front her and back her you just got to do it and say well we we hope models not making three pointers um but i think that's game plan for dodge county you have to have an extreme focus on her and just rotate well on defense Uh, banks county versus laney laney has never seen an environment like banks county before but banks county has never seen a team of athletes like laney before um Oh, boy. It, it's it's going to be a tough one uh, with Dasha Benjamin going to uh, Alabama. That's just going to be a really tough matchup for Banks. I love Banks County. I love what they've done this year. I love their talent. Allison Smith can get her own shot. J.C. Bowen inside his physical presence that can score inside and outside. Maddie Thomas, a three-point shooter. I love them. I love the atmosphere. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great game to see. They're like Raven County last year. If you compare them to Raven County last year, who Laney beat in the state championship, Banks County is a little bigger than Raven County, but they probably don't shoot the ball as well as Raven did last year. So we'll see. What do you want more? What beats Laney, size or three point shooting? We're going to find out. Banks is going to press just like Raven did last year, and uh, it could be a high scoring, fast paced game. But Banks County, they're going to have to find a way to slow down Jessica Williams, Deisha Benjamin, all those great girls over there, long, athletic, lean athletes. They're going to be flying around Banks County. They're going to have to knock down some shots. Rabin County versus Fitzgerald. Rabin beat Fitzgerald last year. Now Fitzgerald's hosting Rabin County. Uh, Kirsten Cook and Company, they have some, uh, some revenge on their mind. Haley Ross inside. We'll see what Raven can do as a three seed. They made Ra- Region 8 look very good so far. Um, so we'll see how that one turns out. And Douglas, um, going up against Josie, again, Josie's just been a monster this year. Uh, that's gonna be a, a pretty tough one for Douglas, but when, again, Douglas, you have a big time score. Douglas has a big time score on that team. Nakia Thompson, I believe her name is. She can really fill it up. She was that Region Six player of the year. If she gets hot, they can give Josie some problem. But Josie, those are some physical, tough nosed girls, and they played Laney all their losses this year, have all come against Laney. They've handled their business elsewhere. Uh I would not be shocked to see a Laney versus Josie state title game. It's uh it, it could be leaning towards that.
1: In a public, uh, yeah, sorry, a public, another perfectly chalked power ranking bracket, bracket. Excuse me, Bowden taking on Telfair County, Wheeler County at Greenville, Wilcox County at Terrell County, and Pelham at Marion County.
0: Bowden, Bowden has some big size. I think they're going to be bigger than Telfair County. I saw Telfair County in the championship game last year. They were like five of thirty from three. They, you know, fast. They play fast, all that. But if they're not knocking down their three point shots, at least when they were playing against Pelham last year. They could be they could be got. I mean they beat Calhoun County sixty-three to fifty four. Bowden beat GMC by eleven Bowden's got Macy Holloway, was a region player of the year, sub-region player of the year, a little point guard, so she can handle some pressure it looks like. Riley Robinson, I like her inside a lot. She's about six foot. She finishes around the rim. She can block some shots, very physical, and she's got some other teammates around with her that have some big bodies and they can really put it on. you. So I I think Bowden could hang in there with Telfair County. If they're not overwhelmed by Telfair's athletes and their style of play, their pace of play, they could give them a little bit of a scare. Deja White, I think she's going to be very important for Bowden. I think she can match them. She's pretty quick, and she's got some long arms. She could get into the passing lanes and try and slow down Telford County. I think that's going to be a very interesting one. But Tanisha Kirk, Tristan Gay, some post players inside for Bowden. If they want to beat Telford County, they might have to try to establish their size inside. And then Wheeler County versus Greenville. Brittany Davis, enough said about her. She is a stud. Can Wheeler County slow them down? Wheeler County just beat Woodville Tompkins by 34, so they're definitely trending in the right direction. But Greenville beat Turner County 90-54. to 54. So both those teams coming in with great momentum. Wilcox versus Terrell County. Terrell County only beat Taylor County by two points. Wilcox beat Macon by uh looks like nine, so uh I I think the the, the the player to watch in that one for Wilcox County, they're gonna try and get the ball inside. I believe she's going to Wichita State, if I am not mistaken. But their offense is going to be centered around the big girl inside, and that is Chajada Colbert. Uh, she's averaging 15 points, 12 rebounds in four blocks games, six foot-two. She's a big-time post presence. Terrell County's gonna to have to deal with that. Pelham versus Marion to sum it all up here, to wrap it up in Class A public. I pick Pelham, I think, to win state, because I just I'm just a Pelham believer. I always believe in Pelham. Uh, I saw what they did last year. I know they lost a lot last year. Destiny Thomas at uh, Clemson right now. But I think that is a really good program. But Marion County, they got those twin sisters inside. They're extremely well coached. Fran McPherson, she wins everywhere she goes uh they're really good they're a really good team and they got that size inside like we just mentioned uh we're gonna have to see how that all plays out you got the whitley sisters ansley and ashley both about six foot six foot one so pelham's gonna have to defend the paint and really do a good job of making sure marion county doesn't get out and run and then get it inside and feed it down low but pelham they got they got some shot blockers they got some size of their own they know how to win these games they got uh what's her name Kemp inside i think she's still there well, Alicia kemp she's a big time shot blocker uh somebody that can really dominate the pain averaging three blocks per game uh you got mahogany randall the the sister mahoganies i, I love them they had two of them last year but mahogany randall a big time winner so we'll see how it all plays out in class a public but that should be a very good game
1: a private on the girl side very much so repeating the uh Power ranking issues of a private on the boy side. Only one of the eight teams that had a first-round bye did not get by, and that would be Our Lady Mercy, who Paedia took it to 73-39. to 39. But anywho, it's going to be Christ Heritage versus Holy Innocence, Prince Avenue at Stratford Academy, Paedia at St. Francis, and then Wesleyan at Cavalry Day.
0: Christian Heritage, uh, we will see how they do. I saw them. I liked them. I thought they played pretty well against uh, a very tough team that they had no business beating. In St. Francis, Maggie Peoples does a nice job over there. The Schneller sisters, Kelsey and Megan, those are their best two players. They're going up against Holy Innocence. You know, it was a great season for them, but Holy Innocence is going to advance. Uh, they're going to win. They're going to win big. Um but great great season for Christian Heritage, Holy Innocence, with too many Division I talents, too many recruits. That just, that's just how they set things up over there. They, they play to win, and they get the best players in the surrounding areas. Looking at Prince Avenue versus Stratford, that's going to be the most you know, evenly matched game right there, Prince Avenue and Stratford. Um, Prince Avenue with some very good guard play. Ansley Hall, Region 8 Player of the Year as a sophomore uh, they got Maddie Britt as well, so they got some talent. They like to play fast. They like to shoot some threes. They're going up against Stratford now. Stratford, uh, a team that really handled their business. I thought they were going to beat by Landmark Christian for a second time this year, but that did not happen. So Stratford, uh, they got some uh, some size, I believe, and they're gonna they're gonna use it against Prince Avenue. But the game is at. Stratford, so that might be a little tough for Prince Avenue. That is a bit of a travel going from Athens to Macon, so we'll see how that plays out. Paideia, they're led by Christina Walker, averaging 17 points per game. She had a big game against Our Lady of Mercy, a major upset. I was very surprised to see that, but Paideia has some good guard play. Kai Carter, as well as another good player for the Pythons, and they're they're riding with some momentum again. Same story as Holy Innocent, Saint Francis. Too much talent, too many move-ins there. That's, that's a program that wants to win, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win, and no one else is going to be able to stand in their way unless it's Holy Innocence or Wesleyan, and that brings us to Wesleyan versus Calvary Day. I think Calvary Day, I mean, it's going to be at Calvary Day, so it's at Savannah. They have a little bit of travel. I think Calvary Day might be able to compete a little bit with Wesleyan. I think Calvary Day might be the best of the bunch that's not one of these uh, powerhouse recruiting schools in the Atlanta area. And they have home court advantage, but I, I, you know, again, still Wesleyan's just so good. Amaya Register going to Old Dominion, Southern West going to Furman. AC Carter's is going to be a Division One player. because She's just so versatile, does so many good things for them. I think Wesleyan is going to advance, but I think Calvary Day could pose pose a little bit of a fight for a little bit there, but talent's going to win out with Wesleyan.
1: Kyle, you've done it. We've hit every single game across 16 classifications, girls and boys, of GHSA basketball.
0: remain I it wasn't easy. It was a lot of talking. Hopefully, uh, people listen to it. I mean, I've got a little bit of the girls in there, I got some boys in there, try to cover as much as possible. Uh, believe it or not, we are a media site. We probably should be invited to big time basketball events in the state of Georgia. But. You know, Ramin, we're going to keep working. We're a podcast. We're a company that, you know, we have a chip on our shoulder, and we're here to produce the best content. And if anyone else wants to run down every single Elite Eight for the boys and girls side, uh, I would like to see you try. But I think we got it going on over here at SandySpiel.com. And, Ramin for I thank you for being the moderator of this podcast once again, my friend.
1: No problem, Ka. As always, um, we will keep working. It's, um, you know, it's – People make mistakes, right, Kyle? People make mistakes, and this one, this one's a bad one, but whatever. We'll, we'll keep doing what we do, and you can expect the content from us. As always, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Check the website. Check the Twitter for action as it happens. On February the 27th to 28th, the Elite Eight will be back with you before the final four. And as always, thank you for listening. On behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.